Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Jeff Spross, business and economics correspondent at The Week, and today I want to talk about our new age of tech monopolies. The problem of monopolies is moving back to the forefront of American politics. In October 2016, AT&T announced plans to acquire media giant Time Warner, which angered politicians from both sides of the aisle. President Trump, for his part, said he was against any such mega-merger. A deal we will not approve in my administration because it's too much concentration of power in the hands of too few. But perhaps the biggest monopolies we should be worried about are two Silicon Valley giants, Google and Facebook. Monopolies are generally thought to be bad because they jack up prices and screw consumers. But monopolies also deny access to the market and exploit other participants in the economy. So just how big have Google and Facebook gotten? For some perspective, let me compare them to the mega merger companies I just mentioned. Google's parent company, Alphabet, has market shares in mobile search and operating systems that are two to three times as large as AT&T's in its respective markets. Alphabet has more cash on hand than AT&T and Time Warner combined, and Alphabet's level of debt is far lower too. But what's really striking is that in the first quarter of 2016, 85 cents of every new dollar spent in online advertising went to Google or Facebook. Now, America does have systems in place to break up big monopolies. American antitrust law was first created because railroads had been monopolized. Farmers couldn't get their produce to market without the railroads, so the railroad monopolies charged farmers an arm and a leg just for the opportunity to participate in the economy at all. They did it just because they could. Well, you can think of Google and Facebook as the new railroads. And you can think of producers of digital media as a bunch of turnip farmers hoping to ship their goods into town. For better or worse, searching on Google and sharing on Facebook are two of the most dominant ways that media companies get their content consumed. That gives Google and Facebook all the bargaining power, which allows them to extort content producers. Back in the New Deal era, when antitrust law really expanded, communications technology was limited to things like radio and telephones and newspapers. But policymakers at the time still grasped that the problem of access applied not just to railroads and farmers, but also to radio and phones and communications as well. Before this kind of reform, wealthy radio broadcasters would just buy more powerful transmitters and totally overpower radio stations on nearby frequencies. To fight monopolies and ensure equal access to all market participants, lawmakers passed the Communications Act of 1934 and created the Federal Communications Commission. Companies were prohibited from owning too much of any one form of communication in a geographic area. Companies were also prohibited from owning more than one form of communication, say radios and newspapers, in the same geographic area as well. Particular radio frequencies were licensed to particular broadcasters on the assumption that the radio spectrum belongs to the public, which gives everyone a chance to be heard. If you think about it, Facebook and Google are exactly the sort of communication monopoly this legal framework was designed to prevent. After all, customers and users are basically required to go to them, which monopolizes access to information. So, what happened? Well... 
antitrust laws of the Communications Act were slowly eroded over the decades by a series of court decisions. Thank you very much, Mr. Vice President. Mr. Speaker. But the final death blow came in 1996 with the Bipartisan Telecommunications Act. This law is truly revolutionary legislation that will bring the future to our doorstep. This piece of legislation lifted restrictions on ownership within geography and across different technologies in the geography. Today our world is being remade yet again by an information revolution. But this revolution has been held back by outdated laws designed for a time when there was one phone company, three TV networks, no such thing as a personal computer. The logic of the Telecommunications Act of 1996 was that monopolies must be more efficient since they'd conquered the market. And then they'd pass those savings on to consumers. There was also an assumption that new technologies would emerge to compete with the monopolies in the old technologies. But instead, the old technology monopolies simply bought up the new technologies. Internet providers and cable providers and satellite dish companies and TV broadcasters and media content creators are increasingly all housed under a small number of giant corporate roofs. And who is perched atop those corporate roofs? Why, Facebook and Google, of course. The two companies have near total control of the Internet's two dominant functions, the social platform and the search engine. What's really interesting is that one of the original reasons for the Communications Act of 1934 was the effect of Nazi propaganda. American lawmakers saw how a centralized economic and political power could take over and warp a national conversation, degrading democracy and fanning the flames of bigotry. It's an eerie echo of today's concerns, like the sudden explosion of fake news on Facebook, or the worries about political bias and how Facebook cultivates its newsfeed, or the questions of how Google structures its search algorithm. But so far, the only solutions to such concerns seem to be better algorithms or self-policing from those same companies. And that's a good start, but we might want to consider a more fundamental approach, like resurrecting the original intent of antitrust law in American communications. Smash the centralized behemoths, whose benevolence and best practices were relying on to govern all the art, ideas, stories, and civic life that we share. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jeff Spross, and thanks so much for listening. <laughs>